Rum Cake to Happiness, a podcast where we discuss topics that impact our mental health and well-being. I challenge you to see your potential, push yourself to create change, and to always spread love and kindness. I am your host, Carlene Ross, a certified life coach, author, and mental health advocate. Let's chat. everyone welcome back to another episode of rum cake to happiness i am your girl carlene thank you so much for joining me today um i hope that everyone is doing well i hope that everyone had a great week and onward upward to a new and even better week than last than last week um so today this is episode number six of season number two and we have a pretty interesting topic today we're going to talk about raising our kids to be independent versus codependent. And this is a really um, popular topic, I would like to think. And I I say it's popular because I know that when we have kids, um, you know, parents get together, whether it's social events or whatever the case is, our kids always seem to be the center of the conversation. And a lot of the times when we're talking about our children, it has to do with, you know, things that they're involved in or things that we might be going through with them. Being a parent is the toughest thing that we could ever do. We all know that, whoever you are that have kids. But being a parent of a teenager, well, that's a totally different story. So being a parent of teenagers comes with a lot of patience comes with a lot of understanding. It comes with a lot of trying to remember, you know, your own teenage years and how you did things and how you treated your parents. And so it just brings a lot. Um, so our conversation today is going to be about having our children and kind of teaching them to be independent versus being so codependent on us. You know, I think about these kids these days. And when you talk to kids, you know, kids have always been very honest Um, When you ask them questions, it doesn't matter really what the conversation is. When little kids are asked questions, they're very honest, whether or not (laughs) it's politically correct or it's nice. They kind of just say what's on their mind. And as they get a little bit older into teenagehood, um, they definitely become much more guarded. They become much more aware of the things that they say and the, and the feelings that they might ensue from the things that they say to others. Um, and then again, you know, teenagers, of course, they are a different breed in themselves because we have the hormones. They start, they're just at a really awkward stage where they're trying to figure things out and the hormones are going and it's just a whole other level of trying to understand and figure things out. So it's just a really awkward time for them and for us. And a lot of the times they are extremely codependent on us, right? In these years, I would say from like 13 to really 18, they just become very codependent. And the expectation is that mom and dad are there. They're going to pick up the pieces. If anything happens, you know, they're just going to fix it. A lot of times these kids are very entitled. And as much as we get upset at them for being entitled, I think that the reason they are that way is because us as parents and family members and society in general has kind of raised them that way. We've given them the tools and the idea, the perception that they have a sense of entitlement. And so they act out on that. So I wanted to have a little conversation about that because I think 
that, you know, if we are a little bit more mindful in how we contribute to how they behave, then things might be a little less stressful for all. (laughs) Now, my kids, of course, are past the teenage years. My kids are young adults, um, well into their 20s. And it doesn't change with that age group, to be quite honest. I find that um, a lot of times kids that age, they still have a strong sense of entitlement. They want success now. You know, working hard is sometimes not something that they've learned um, at a teenage, at teenage years. And sometimes it has to do with, you know, the being a crutch with us being a crutch for them and not, you know, kind of allowing them to have um, hard times, shall we say, or failures in their life where they um, have to learn and have to get up, dust themselves off and continue. And so I find that a lot of kids in their teens and in their young adults, uh, young adulthood, they definitely have that sense of entitlement. And, you know, it's from really anything. It's from, you know, going for a job interview. Um, If it doesn't work out, it seems like it's a reason that it didn't work out because it was somebody else's fault. You know, if there was conversations happening or I don't know, there's people who don't like each other and, you know, they don't get along with someone. It's always um, shifted like that, that responsibility and the reasoning is always shifted onto someone else. And so I find that sometimes our kids don't necessarily always look at the big picture. They don't take ownership of maybe whatever part they might have played into, you know, the dissatisfaction of what they're feeling. And so I wanted to talk from a parental perspective on how I think that, you know, we should contribute to having them become more aware of how they need to be independent versus so codependent on us. You know, nowadays it's like, I hear some parents say, oh, no, I don't want Pete to work. You know, I don't want him to work. He's in grade 11. He needs to focus on school. Like, I was working two jobs when I was a teenager, you know, and I was still going to school and I was still expected to do well. And guess what? I was fine, you know, and it's like I understand that sometimes as parents, sorry, we don't want to overwhelm our children. You know, we think that they're going to be too overwhelmed and too um, anxious. And we just put all these things in our mind about how they just simply can't, can't, um, you know, tolerate the stress or can't, they won't be successful because they just have too much to do. We need to like, let these kids attempt, let these kids do Like I said, when I was a teenager, I had two jobs and I went to school. And the funny thing is, you know, I didn't have my mom. My mom was a single parent of two girl of three girls, and I was the eldest. I didn't have my mom picking me up from school, driving me to work. I didn't have my mom, you know, chauffeuring me around. I didn't have my mom, you know, constantly there to just immediately be a solution for me when I thought I had an issue or a problem with one of my girlfriends. Oh my God, I need to go to the mall. I got to get to the mall right now. Mom, can you drive me to the mall? That just wasn't a thing. It was like you got on the phone, you made arrangements with your friends and you found your way there and you had to be back when your parents told you that you had to be back. You know, they're not, um, they're not babies. They've passed that stage. 
they are well, well capable, well capable of doing things on their own and not being so incredibly codependent. And I think sometimes for us as parents, we actually feed into that because I think sometimes we like to feel needed, especially when they're teenagers, right? When our kids are teenagers, they tend to want less of us. You know, you're used to raising your babies and they're always wanting you all the time. And then they turn into teenagers and sometimes they can't, they don't want to be around you all the time, right? They want distance and do their own thing and they have that independence when it comes to that. And so sometimes it's nice for us to feel needed. It's nice for us to feel wanted by our kids, you know, so yeah, we'll volunteer to drive them somewhere or to be, you know, the chauffeur or whatever it is that they need us for. We'll volunteer because we feel that we're needed. Um, but I think that it's a codependency that we really need to break and we need to break it definitely before they reach adulthood. Because the last thing that you want is to have a child that goes into the world completely oblivious to what the real world has or what the real world is out there because what will happen is they'll get eaten up and spit out we all know what what the real world is like we know that it's very unkind sometimes and we need to kind of give them the tools that they need to be as best as they can when they get out into the world they're going to meet different people from all different kinds of backgrounds and all different kinds of personalities. Not everyone is kind. Not everyone is nice. Things are not always going to go the way that we expect it. We're not always going to get along with people that we work with or people within our circle. But guess what? We have to find coping skills. We have to find ways that we can get through those types of things and more. So I have a little list here of some things that I've written down of what I feel would be you know, just a really good start on trying to, um, you know, create that independence from our kids, whether it's young teens or you have teens that are, you know, older, 17, 18, or if you have young adults who are still at home, still very dependent on you. These are all the things that we definitely need to put into motion so that the process can begin. And I'm telling you, once you do these things, you will definitely see an improvement in how our children take the ownership and, you know, take that step to move forward more independently. So the first thing that I think is super important for parents is that we definitely let our children know that we love them dearly and that we're always there for them. You know, we have their backs no matter what. And I think the conversation needs to happen about independence because I don't think we should just start, you know, demanding things from them. I think it needs to be a conversation where when we ask them to be independent about something now that they understand that it was a conversation and this is, you know, this is where mom and dad are going. So yeah, we talked about me being a little bit more independent. So I asked her to pick me up from school and she said, no, can't pick you up from school, find your way home. And so, you know, little things like that, right? So the conversation needs to happen. So one of the things I have here as one of the first things on my list is parents, we need to stop offering our help before they even ask for it. You know, we're parents. We can see when something is about to happen without our kids even telling us, right? But if there is um, situations that arise 
we need to stop offering our services and ourselves to our kids before they themselves even ask for it, right? We need to stop doing that. Give them a chance to look at the situation. Give them a chance to try to work things out and figure things out on their own before they come to you. Stop offering up your services, number one. Number two is similar. Stop making yourself the automatic backup, you know, the backup plan. Stop being available to be the backup plan automatically. You know, if they have a problem and they think about it and then they come to you because you've given them that time to mull over it and they come to you. And when I say problem, I'm talking about, you know, most of the time it has to do with getting them somewhere or it has to do with being allowed to go somewhere or to do something, you know, whatever it is getting piercings, you know, going to a party, getting a ride to a friend's house, whatever the case is. Um, And so if they have a situation, we'll call it a situation, um, don't automatically be a backup plan. You know, let them think about it and let them try to figure it out and to find a solution to exercise that solution And if it can't happen or if it doesn't happen, then, you know, you talk from there and then you can be their second or third choice to try to fix the situation. But stop making yourself an automatic backup plan. Another thing that we have that I have here is to make them accountable, right? We have to make them accountable for things that they do. So... If you don't get up for school in the morning, you know, you're supposed to get up at 7 or 6.30 and get ready and be out the door at a certain time. You sleep in because you were up watching TV or up on your social media or whatever it is that you were doing. Um, Why is it now my problem to hurry along and get you in the car to drive you to school? And I've done this. I've been guilty of this so many times with my kids. Why is it my problem? Like, why am I pulled into your equation? Because now you're late. You're going to be late for school. And so I have to put myself in the situation where I'm now in a rush to get you in the car and to drive like a mad woman to school. That is not my problem. And we don't allow them to take ownership and accountability for it because automatically we just want to fix it. We want to be like, okay, I don't want you to be late for school. So get ready. You have five minutes, get in the car, you know, and it becomes our problem. We begin to wear it. We get stressed out and we fix the problem. We get them there. We fix it. How is that making them accountable? It's not, it's not making them accountable. So, Making them have accountability is super, super, super important. Um, Another thing that I have here is to talk to them about what hard work is and what longevity means. I find that nowadays kids, you know, they want what they want right now. And they don't understand, because of their age, obviously, they don't understand what longevity is as far as how hard and long sometimes you really have to put in the work before you see that results that you want. I mean, you don't turn into a pop star just because you wake up one day and sing at a concert at school and everybody loves you. You know, (laughs) you put in the work. It's hard work to do what you do. If you have a dream, if you have a vision of what it is that you want to do, 
you have to put in the time, the energy, the work, and even then sometimes you're going to get disappointed, you know? And these are conversations that we need to have with our kids. We can't always make them feel like it's rainbows and unicorns. We can't, I I love the saying, you know, you can be anything that you want and the world is your oyster because really the world is their oyster. But at the same time, it's not going to be fair. You can do and put your mind to things, but there is a process in doing that. And even when you follow that process and you work your butt off, it's not going to be an easy process. It is not easy because life is not easy. And so I feel that we definitely need to have those conversations where we let them know that working hard and putting in the the time and the longevity of things is really going to be the difference. You know, sit with them and make goals, ask them to, to make goals for what it is that they want. And I think it's super important, too, that while they're making goals, not just long-term goals, but short-term goals, because I think it's important that we celebrate small wins at the same time, because it doesn't discourage you. It makes you feel like you're on your way to something because you have a small win, then another small win, then another small win. And before you know it, you've reached your, you know, one-year goal, right? And then you move on from there. I think it's super important that those types of structured conversations are have with our children so that they have an understanding of what realism what what the real world is and how to be realistic in their thinking when it comes to hard work, longevity and sticking things out. Another thing that I have written here is um minimizing social media. So I know this is a huge one. It's a big one for adults, never mind kids. But I just feel that because, you know, social media is in our face 24-7. It's with, you know, with me, I have so many projects. I'm constantly either on my laptop, my cell phone. Like It's just, it is what it is. You know, I'm running a business from it. You have other people who their downtime is, you know, scrolling through their social media accounts. It's just communication. That's how people communicate. But I find that with children, because we are the parents, we definitely have to find a way that we're not taking it away, but we're minimizing it. And, you know, you as a parent, you can decide what that looks like, whether that means no phone in the AM, you know, maybe when you get up to 10 o'clock in the morning, I don't want to see a phone in your hand. The phone is in my room. I don't want to see a phone in your hand. Um, whether it is late at night, so an hour before you go to bed, the phone cannot be used. You know, you're off your phone, phone's put away. Whether it's when you are having a meal, we are at the table, whether, um, you know, you're out for dinner or you're at home for dinner, the phone is not allowed in that space. Whatever it is that it looks like to you and your family, whatever it is that you feel is necessary and that will make a difference is to add this new rule. And to, again, make them accountable, hold them to it, and minimize the social media. Social media accounts, I mean, they can be great. They can put you in a great mood. You know, you're scrolling through fashion and sports and your celebrity headlines and all these things. 
but it can also really set the tone for your day, set the tone for your mood. And, you know, I find that it's wearing these emotions that sometimes have absolutely nothing to do with us. Or you read something about one of your friends that they've posted and now your your whole mood is off. And I just find that if you can remove yourself, remove your children from social media to an extent on a daily basis, then that will definitely help in their mental health and it will help with just the way that they are in general. I think I firmly, firmly believe that. I strongly believe that. So that's another thing that I have here on my little list. Um, for me, I had whiteboards for my kids. And the whiteboards came because I realized that my kids were super forgetful. And when things were forgotten, all of a sudden, it was my fault, you know? It was my fault that they didn't go to soccer practice on time or that they they missed something. And so what I started to do when they were teenagers is I bought all three of them whiteboards. And in their room, they had to write down their own things. So whatever was happening in that week, you write it down. Whatever goals you had, you write it down. And every day it's right there. You're looking right at it. So when things, you know, were missed and had nothing to do with mom, you need to take accountability. You know, as a mom, we are definitely carrying the world on our shoulders. You know, it's our schedules plus our children's schedules plus our our spouse's um, schedules. We remember everything. We're the ones that have to book the dentist appointments and the doctor appointments. We have to get them to rehearsals. We have to get them to their sports. We have to remember that, you know, Mrs. Johnson is going to be picking up the kids on, I don't know, whatever. Like we have to remember everything. Everything falls on us most of the time, dads. Okay. Just being real most of the times. Um, and so I just find that allowing them to, again, take accountability. One of the strategic things that I did was wipe the, buy them whiteboards, allowing them to take accountability and to write down their own schedules and their own thoughts or whatever it is that they want on that board. That's going to be important to them for that week. Do it and take ownership not my fault. Um, And so one of the other things I have on here is definitely to listen. I think it's super important that as parents in general, that we become good listeners, especially when you have teenagers, because they're all up in their feelings. And I think it's super important that we give them the time of day, that we become very familiar with their friendship circles, know who they're hanging out with, I always used to invite, um, you know, let them invite their kids over to our home because I wanted to know who they were hanging out with. And if your friends didn't like coming to your house, you know, didn't want to be around your parents, then you simply weren't allowed to hang out with them because that was shady. And I felt that, you know, your friends didn't want to be around because they knew that, you know, they were probably doing things that they shouldn't be. So for me, that was one of the rules at my house. If you're going to hang out with people, I want to see them come over. I want to meet their parents. Um, You need to be involved, right? And be involved in what they're doing, be involved in their friendships and kind of know what your kids are up to. Definitely. Um, So listening skills when it comes to, you know, whatever they're having conversations about positive things or things that may not be going so well in their lives. I think sometimes we just need to really listen, allow them to speak, allow them to articulate their thoughts to us without judging them, without yelling, without condemning them. Listen to what they have to say. Be a good listener. And then be a good, you know, person who gives advice. Be that parent who gives them advice and try to put them back on track. Teenagers are such a difficult creature. Like, honestly, 
I remember when my kids were um, teenagers, boys are definitely much different than girls. Um, my stepdaughter was much more emotional. You know, she had a lot of girl drama because girls can be so catty and so mean. And then my boys were more, um, you know, you have to be tough and macho when you can't show a soft side. And, you know, there's just a lot of egotistical things and situations that would happen with the boys. Um, and so very different things, you know, that, that you went through, but I found that listening was super important. Um, allowing them, like I said, to articulate their thoughts and to just sometimes kids just need to talk and we just need to learn how to listen. So I think that's super important. The last thing that I have here is to allow them to do things that will actually earn our trust. So whether that means, you know, I don't know, they got their license, allow them to take the car once in a while, you know, on their own, allow them to become independent by driving themselves to whatever it is that they have to go to um, and have check-ins. You know, when you arrive, you call me. When you're leaving, you call me. Um, I think it's important that they get to do things that will make them feel like um, more, more like an adult and will make them feel more independent. And by proving themselves to us because they do what they do, I think it's important that we also reward them with, you know, great job. You know, you did really well and just be involved, just be involved. Let them know that anytime you give them the opportunity to do something that's going to, you know, invoke your trust and they quote unquote pass the test, it's important that that is acknowledged and that you don't take it away from them, that you're consistent with that, right? So at the end of the day, I mean... Kids are definitely a different breed. When I was young, um, and my kids hate when I say that, when I was your age, um, but when I was young, you know, things were very different. Um, parents were not so readily available. Um, you know, you had to work hard for what you had. And, you know, it wasn't always, I didn't get an allowance. I had to get a job. Um, just life. You know, it was life. And you don't want to put your, your kids in dangerous situations. Of course, security is very important. But aside from that, you need to definitely give them the tools that they need to be individuals. And I feel like if we are a little bit tougher on them, if we allow them to fail, which I don't even like to use the word fail, but if we allow disappointments to happen, let's say that, if we allow disappointments to happen, I think our kids will definitely understand what it feels like to be disappointed, what it looks like to be disappointed. Let them take that in. Take it in. Feel it. Because they need to know that with every disappointment should come a lesson. And they need to understand that life is not all rainbows and unicorns. You're at home with mom and dad now, but when you go out into the real world or when you head off to college and we're not around... You know, you have decisions now that you need to make on your own. You're going to be meeting people from all walks of life. You have to have intuition when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with situations. You have to make good choices and be in the position to do so. You know, have the tools to do that. Um, I just think that kids need to understand from a much younger age that life is hard. And that you're going to go through things that are not going to make you happy all the time. But you know what? You get yourself up. 
you dust yourself off and you move on. And you can't always look for your parents as a backup plan. We can't always be there to run to their aid and fix things. They have to use their mind. They have to use their imagination. They have to use their coping skills to get through things on their own. And honestly, it gives you such pride when you know that something had happened or, you know, they're going through something and that they found their own solution, that they didn't even need to fall back on us for that particular thing because they actually stopped and thought about things and they found their own solution. It gives you such pride as a parent to know that they're capable of doing things like that or to, you know, to behave that way because that's life. That's the real world, you know? So I feel like those conversations need to happen. And I feel that if we do that, then our kids are going to be raised as, you know, hardworking kids. They're going to be kind people, you know, they're going to be grateful for what they have and they're going to be ready to take on life's challenges. That is the number one reason that we want them to be independent rather than being codependent. And not only that, it's like it goes into their adulthood, you know, so you don't want them having relationships where they're also codependent on someone else to take care of them, you know, so it just it continues. It's like a snowball effect. It continues into life. And so it's important that we teach them at such a young age to get that independence, to be successful, but to also understand what disappointment is going to feel like because it's going to happen. So if we give them the coping skills, that's going to push them through the disappointment. It's going to push them through the adversities in life that we will, that they'll definitely have. But you know what? It's a beautiful thing. And they will be happier for it because they have coping skills that they can deal with. They can deal with tough things. They're always going to come to mom and dad. And we should always be there and be available. But we need to let them be independent. Let them go. All right, guys. Well, that's all I've got for you this episode. I hope that it was a good conversation. And I hope that it makes you guys think a little bit and maybe put one or two things, you know, into practice if you have kids within that age group. Um, I just think that it's important and it will make everyone the better. So I hope everyone has a great week. Stay happy. Stay blessed. Until next time.